I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Hey guys, Ralph Malbro here. We need your support to keep Saints Happy Hour going this offseason. Please support the show by becoming a patron so we can continue to cover the Saints in the ridiculous fashion you've come to expect. If you support the show, you get access to the podcast ad-free. No ads ever. Plus, you get our world-famous booze bundle, four swag items, amazing. And you get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7. So please support Saints Happy Hour so we can keep this amazing community growing. Support the show at SaintsHappyHour.com today. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints Happy Cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. All right, everybody, welcome to another Wednesday edition of the Saints Happy Hour in the Locker Room app. Thanks for joining us. We had audio problems as usual. Andrew, wherever I go, audio problems follow me. It's, it's amazing. Huh? It's amazing that you'd have problems with this one because it's like all you all, all you need is like a headset and, and your iPhone. It, yeah, that's it. Yeah, like it, it's it, almost impossible to screw this one up. It is. It's almost impossible, and yet, and yet, and yet, I did here it. we are. And that, yeah. and yet, I did it. Um, so. Dave is actually joining us tonight. Dave, thanks for thanks for hopping in. Are are you drinking with hell? Does he's visiting in Nola? Dave sounds like he's got audio issues. Of his he, he, well, he, he muted himself. But here's the thing I want to talk about first. Uh, it came out today on Michael Lombardi's podcast, uh, the GM Shuffle, that you know the reports were that Carolina was the only team that was interested in Sam Darnold, but that in fact was not true. Mike Lombardi said the Saints were kicking the tires on on Sam Darnold. And at first I was like, eh, whatever. But then I thought, Andrew, that shit would have been amazing. If we'd have had the breaking news podcast, the sound effect, and me announce that the Saints traded for Sam Darnold, that would have freaked out NFL Twitter for like a week. And it would have been Sean Payton just saying, I want chaos for our quarterback battle, like it. Well, been- well, I don't. I don't really think it's chaos, though, Ralph. I, I. It's not. It's no different. Other than the the personalities are, are changing slightly. Their QB one is changing. Like, I don't really think it's that different. Like, they're gonna want to carry three quarterbacks because Taysom Hill is not gonna win that job. He's not. He's <laughs> not gonna be the guy, and they want him on the field. Like, they're paying him a lot of money to do Taysom yeah. Hill things. So, I. I, I don't think it's materially different like right now Simeon is that third quarterback and so it's just like if something happens in game to your starter who you know they assume is going to be Jameis Winston now that they're going to give Taysom Hill a fair shake they're, they're going to give him a shot to win yeah. the, the quarterback battle but you know the reality is he's probably not going to and we all know that and so when Jameis is your starter if something happens to him in game it's going to be the same situation as when Breeze went down with the ribs where the third-string quarterback will have to come in. And so I, I don't view that as that surprising in the sense that Darnold contractually is really no different than Simeon this year. I mean, he's making – he's on a rookie deal. He's making very little money. 
So well, no, I, I'm just saying the chaos would have been NFL, Twitter, and ESPN yeah. saying the Saints they signed Winston, they have Taysom to the 140 million dollar funny money deal. They probably, if they would have done Darnold, it probably would have been like a third round pick for next year. Like yeah. it would, like everything you say is correct, except it yeah. would have been it would have been chaos because everybody would have been like, I thought it was Winston and Taysom. Now they're throwing Sam Darnold in the mix. Maybe they'll draft J- Josh Fields if he falls. Like I don't mind. Yeah, it. I mean, I think yeah, you're correct. Like we all knew that if Simeon is the guy and he makes the team, then. He's never going to play unless two guys go down. Like he may he may play in game to replace Jameis, but then it would be taste in the following week. So like he's never beating out either of those guys. But if Darnold's in the building, then you're right. It's more of like a three way quarterback competition, maybe a two way between Darnold and Winston. But like there's a scenario where Winston doesn't win the job. Like he Winston is not losing to Trevor Simeon, but he could <laughs> lose to Sam Darnold. So you're right. I, I do think it would ramp up the competition and, and you know, cause nothing, here's the thing, like until the saints figure out who their guy is, it behooves them to keep swinging. That's right. And, that's, and so, was- and, and I, I just don't think like, that's why I won't be surprised if they take a quarterback in this draft, because I think Sean Payton's like, until I've decided I've got my guy, Look, like we're going to be, Oh, we're going to be open to anything, you know? And that's, and that's the point that Lombardi made is, and he, it was interesting. He admitted, he's like, I was wrong about this in that he's like, I remember when Seattle, when they signed Matt Flynn and then they drafted Russell Wilson, I was like, you just paid Matt Flynn $20 million. Why are you drafting Russell Wilson? But Seattle was like, we don't have a quarterback. Let's just collect a bunch of them and see what shakes out. And who, who cares? Like, it's just another position on the you know we don't have one we're not committed to any one guy so the thing that's interesting to me and and uh, and speak up guys if if you want to interject uh ask us a question or anything the thing that it really says to me Andrew is and we knew it but this is the Saints saying the quiet part out loud is they're not committed to anybody and they're still looking and that to me says in this draft it's unlikely because I, I think the Justin Fields falling stuff is – I think it's nonsense. I think all – I think five of these quarterbacks are going to go in the top ten. I think – and I don't think there's going to be a quarterback left. But it does say to me if a quarterback falls that Sean Payton really loves, they will instruct Loomis to go YOLO. Dave, you you're, you you got your stuff straightened out or are you still on mute? Uh. Dave, Dave is currently playing a uh, virtual golf oh. with a buddy. So, so you, 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 clown, you clown frauds have me. <laughs> so Dave, Dave and Kevin are hanging out today. Are you guys in New Orleans together or St. Louis? Yes. Wait, hang on, hang on. I got to lower the volume a little. Cause Jude was coming in a little too hot. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, we're hanging out in Metairie. Top golf. Uh, yeah, like whatever, what, what, what whatever the golf thing is at Causeway and Metairie Road. So let me ask you this, Kevin. Yes. Knowing that the Saints were kicking the tires on Sam Darnold, does that oh, make fuck? That, that was real. That was real. So do you do? Does that make you even more uh, less believing that? The chances of the Saints trading down is now like it was like 1% in Vegas. Now it's at like. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zero. If a quarterback that they like falls into like the teens uh, or, or the, or to 10, do you, are, are you absolutely certain now with the Sam Darnold news that your, tri- your, your dreams of the Saints trading down, they're deader than rock and roll? Are you ready to admit that? Oh, I mean, this, it, look, look, when I heard that the Falcons, when I heard that the Falcons were interested in trading their, the, the fourth overall pick, I tweeted it out. I said, look, watch the Falcons trade down and stockpile picks and the Saints are going to somehow trade up. A bu- and, and, and ditch a bunch of picks, and they're going to wind up with some outside linebacker who can't fucking stop the run or something. So now you're telling me the Saints are going to try and trade up anyway, and they're going to get the leftover, like whatever the leftover quarterback is. And to be honest, it's going to, you know, it's going to be somebody that's not going to be ready to start year one. And, and regardless of who it is, they throw that person out there, the guy's likely going to get eaten up. And it's not going to do them or the franchise any good. I was, but Sam Darnold, Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> the only thing he ever did worthwhile was catch mono. I mean, I, so, I think Dar- Darnold and Winston are not that dissimilar. And, and Kevin, go ahead and mute yourself while uh, you're okay. not talking because there's some background noise. Yeah, sorry, but, sorry. There's, no, way you're much, good. there's way too much Mumford and Sons here. <laughs> I mean, look, I like Mumford and Sons, but there's way too much of it. Dave's got to do it because he's got his passcode on his phone. So, so, Andrew, we got Eric. He wants to talk. So, um, Eric, you got a question. Go ahead. Yeah. So how happy or optimistic should I be that it looks like the Panthers owner, who I was afraid was a savvy hedge fund guy, (laughs) is basically Dan Snyder? Can we can we kind of go on that path now? I mean, <laughs> it, oh, I love that question. It's a great it's a great question. I mean, here's here's the thing with Carolina. I don't think their Sam Darnold move precludes them from doing anything. Like I know they picked up his option for next year, and that means they have to pay him like twenty million. But I still think Eric, if they're at eight and Trey Lance falls. Or fields falls. I, I still think they could take a quarterback. I just think this is Carolina coming to the realization we wanted to go all in for Deshaun Watson, but he's toxic and we can't move up because Atlanta doesn't want to deal with us. We're stuck. We don't like Teddy. Yeah, Teddy's so we, not our guy. Yeah. So we have to do something different. But here's the thing like, tell me what, why, why is. Sam Darnold any better than Teddy Bridgewater. The only case that I see for Sam Darnold is the Jets are a trash organization, and if we take him away from the Jets, maybe he's not a turd, and we can shine him up. Like, there's no case for anything he's done in the NFL, Andrew, that he's actually good. It's just get him away from the Jets, get him away from Adam Gase, maybe he's good. Am I wrong with that? No, you're. I mean, honestly, it's he. He's not that dissimilar from Jameis Winston, you know. And I, I would argue Winston at least has the five thousand yard passing season, and he's had the statistics. Now he, he's had better receivers. Obviously, he's had Godwin, he's had Mike Evans, but he's had OJ Howard. But I, I just think if you look at and I bring up Jameis only because the Saints fans we know him. Yeah the most, you know, and it's just like, you know, he had the 30 interception season. He's had a lot of seven and nines. Uh, he really, he, he had one year that was okay statistically, but like Darnold, you look at his stats, like he's been worse than Jameis. I mean, he's been garbage. Now, you know, a lot of people say certain things about Adam Gase and they, they say, you know, obviously you look at the talent on the jets. It's a joke. You know, they, they, they have no talent. I mean, he, he was completely set up to fail, but when you're set up to fail and you're wrecked psychologically based on that experience, you know, it, it, could, it could go one of two ways. And here's the thing, like, we don't know that Brady, and I'm talking about Joe Brady, we don't know that 
he's going to work in the NFL. Like, I, I think he's pretty good. And obviously, he was a legend at LSU. And, you know, they caught fire that year. But, like, we don't know that Brady, like, it, he, he, he could go one of two ways. Like, because he, he, last year kind of failed for Carolina. Like, and offensively, he, they did some things. But, like, I, I'm just saying, like, Bridgewater didn't really work out for them. And so, obviously, McCaffrey getting injured was tough. But I just want to say, like, Brady could go one of two ways. He could fix Sam Darnold, and he's a head coach next year in the NFL if that happens. If Sam Darnold has a good year in Carolina, like he's going to be a head coach somewhere. If Sam Darnold is trash, then all of a sudden it becomes, yeah, he, Joe Burrow made Joe Brady. Hi, this is Ralph Marlboro from the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It's that time of year again. All eyes are on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online has all the betting action. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, Bet Online has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, Bet Online has it all. Every sport, Every game, every matchup. Bet Online has you covered for all the odds and real time updates and is the place for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head over to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with Bet Online. We are on the locker room app every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock, talking Saints, talking NFL, talking draft. It's amazing. You can interact with us, goof to us. You can make fun of me, mispronounce names. You can ask serious draft questions about Andrew. We're having a blast talking Saints live. All you have to do is go download the locker room app for free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and then join the NFL group. Follow me at Saints Happy Hour to be notified when the room goes live. We'll be going live every Wednesday at around 9 o'clock to talk Saints, to talk draft, and basically to make fun of me mispronouncing names. So do it. Download the Locker Room app today and then join us live every Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Here's the thing, too. Like, Tanny Hill, Tanny Hill was trash. With Gase and he went to Tennessee and he's good. But, but here's the thing that, that I, I, I lean to maybe Joe Brady isn't as great as we think he is because here's the thing. Friend of the podcast, Seth Galina, works for, he's a PFF writer. He did a breakdown. You can find it on his Twitter feed. He broke down all of Joe Burrow's throws from 2020. And his conclusion is Joe Brady's accuracy is sick. And Joe Burrow's. Joe Burrow. Joe, yeah. Joe Burrow, right? So, so his yeah. accuracy is crazy good, and, and he was just hitting these throws all over the place. And that may be it, man. Like, it was just the perfect storm of LSU. And I'm not saying Joe Brady didn't con- contribute a lot to it. He did. But when you, have, when you have Joe Burrow and, you know, Jamar Chase and, and Marshall and, you know, uh, Jefferson at wide receiver, like, you have that. That's a recipe for success. So – so I think it's I think it's a great it's a question of do the, does Carolina know what they're doing and, and Eric too I look at what they did in free agency they went in like I like like what's the, what's like you have the high price free agents you have the middle class and you have the bargain bin what's like below the bargain bin because that's where they went shopping for offensive linemen and they got like three or four like offensive linemen that are like not even bargain bin guys like the level below the bargain bin. Like so, James, um, James Hurst kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, like that. Like that. That like that's the guys they dug up, and that's like James Hurst is fine for the Saints as like the third tackle. But like if the Saints are like, yeah, 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 he's going to be left tackle this year. We'd be like, are you insane? So 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 like, I, I just I don't fear. Uh, I don't feel I don't look at Carolina and and, and have this great fear. I, I and and you know Atlanta. We'll see what they're going to do at four. Tampa's still going to be very good. But, you know, Father Time could catch up with them. They were very, very, very fortunate last year. They were like the fourth least injured team in the NFL. So they may not have as much luck this year. So I still think, like, it's not unheard of that the Saints could get a fifth straight division title. I'm just saying. So, but Eric, Eric, thanks for – 
Thanks for chatting. The one thing that I wanted to bring up um, also, too, is, you know, me and Andrew were fighting on text messages and we were fighting on uh, on Twitter. We were talking about this, the worst Saints draft pick ever. And Andrew, but mm. I think I think a more interesting question is who's the worst draft pick in the Sean Payton era? And I think I think I, the two that pop into my head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, right when you asked me that question, without looking at the drafts, without even thinking about it, the two names that immediately popped in my head were Stefan Anthony and SJB. It's got to be one of those two, right? I would I make the case that even though he's a second round pick, Stanley Jean Baptiste is the worst Sean Payton era draft pick, and here's why: worse than Stephon Anthony, huh? Worse than Stephon Anthony because in 2014, the Saints desperately needed just a bad rookie corner, and they would have won. The NFC South. They went seven and nine and lost the NFC South. And all they needed was a competent, not even a comp. They just needed Stanley Jean Baptiste to play like Chauncey Gardner Johnson did his rookie year, and they'd have won the NFC South. And he was so bad, Andrew. They didn't even put they didn't even put him on the field. And they were signing Travis Fredrickson or Fredericks and playing like they were signing dudes off the street and playing them instead of Stanley Jean-Baptiste when they desperately needed him to play. I mean, that's why his name – to me, his name always pops into our mind along with Stefan Anthony because they needed a cor- – they, they desperately went through that stretch where they had no corners, but they needed him to play and be – if he had just been an average rookie, they probably win the South. So I say, I say it's the Pirates, Stanley Jean-Baptiste. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, one's a first round pick. So, you, first of all, you have, I, I, I hear you. Like, it's more disappointing in the sense that maybe Stanley Jean Baptiste, if he had been good, the team would have been better. But I, I just think there's more expectations out of Stefan Anthony. And, like, he was such a disaster that <laughs> well, they did get a pick back for him. Didn't they get, like, a fifth round? They got a fifth round pick for him. I mean, at, at that stage, when they got a fifth for him, that was highway robbery. Uh, from yeah. the Dolphins, I believe. Um, but yeah, man, those two picks, ugh, both I mean, they, so bad. I mean that that they had a lot of. I mean, they're, they're lower picks, so it's hard to knock them as much. But their linebackers, like Stanley Arnault, Kyrie Ford, Ronald Powell, like the linebackers were were pretty awful. Well, just uh, uh, the thing about Anthony and Stanley Jean Baptiste is th- this came at a time where they were trying to fix their historically bad defense. <laughs> and, they, right. and, and in both right. cases, they picked guys that didn't know how to play football. Like, I would just say <laughs> that Anthony and Jean Baptiste were both, like, the issue was that they didn't understand how to play the game. And so, like, it was pretty clear to me after those picks didn't work out, like, you have to ask the question, how much of that is on Anthony and Jean Baptiste, and how much of that is on like Joe Vitt, the secondary like coaches? Just were they coaching the right things? Like, w- w- was it was it a problem that the Saints just could not coach defense during that time, and they couldn't develop young players because they didn't have the right staff? Like, I wonder if how much of that is on the guys they drafted versus just the culture, the building. You know what I'm saying? No, it's 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 a really fair, fair point. question. Yeah. And look, Joe Vitt, he's like beloved in NFL circles, but like, what? The Saints haven't drafted a good linebacker. They haven't de- they haven't really like developed one in like a a generation. So I mean, it's it's a fair it's a fair question to ask. Um, also. As you look at the as, as you look at this defense, Andrew, and you and you start to study the draft, the, the 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 question that I asked about quarterback, like which one we they like, you, we talked about that. But here's a question that I asked today on Twitter that I, that I keep coming back to because because I'm not a film guy. Like you break it down, and by the way, patrons read Andrew's write ups; they're amazing. But my question to you is, how what when does the how many corners do they have in this draft? Where you're like, okay, that's the last guy in like the first tier, and 
the difference between him and the next guy is really significant. Because my question to you is, like, how many of how many of those guys are there? Because I I want to know that of your opinion, and because I want to know when we're watching the draft when the Saints are at twenty eight, I'm going to mark off those corners. I'm going to be like, okay, we're at pick nineteen, and there's one corner left with a first round grade. How desperate are the Saints for corner? So that that's my question. Like, how many how many corners do you feel that like have like a first round grade on them? Uh, corner through the first couple rounds, I think is actually pretty good. I mean, I, I would say the top four, as I see them, you know, and Caleb Farley, I know he's got the medical stuff, but like he's six two, two Oh seven. I mean, he's huge. So, you know, depending on where, where you're reading it from, I mean, a lot have Patrick Sertain at one or two JC Horn at one or two, but some have some rankings have Farley over both of them, you know? So depending on where you look, I mean, that, that's kind of your top three. The guy that's really moving up uh, is Newsom out of, um, out of Northwestern. You know, he, he's the guy that, like, has kind of been un- under the radar, and he just keeps moving up as the weeks progress. And his tape is fantastic. And so I, I think that's your top four. But then it's like you've got a couple other guys, you know, and, and the ones that's like Tyson Campbell, it's uh, – Millie Fonwu out of Syracuse, Eric Stokes out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. These are these are all guys that are six one plus. Uh, Millie Fonwu six three, Tyson Campbell six two, and like they're probably going to be second round picks. You know, a- Ambry Thomas out of Michigan. Like that's another one. Like those guys are all pretty good, and and I like them as prospects. I haven't mentioned Asante Samuel again. Let's see. To me, Asante Samuel, he might be the fifth best or fourth best out of this group, but he's 5'10". So he's the only one that's not like 6'1 plus, you know, where you're getting your QB2 size that the Saints love. And so maybe he's more of a slot guy and he may not be a good fit because you have Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on the roster. But, you know, look, they, they had Janoris Jenkins, who was similar in height to Asante Samuel. So they, they may go get him. Um, but I, I feel like you've got five they're slotted in the first round. And I would put Asante Samuel Jr. as the fifth where like he could go maybe early second, but like I would feel good about any of those five at 28. And then, but then like, if you have to wait till the second round again, like if Melly Fonwu, Campbell or Eric Stokes, any of those guys were to fall to 60, I still feel pretty good about this draft. And so I, I think you've got two rounds that, to, to get a good corner. And, and I've named a lot of guys that yeah. fit, the, fit the prototype in terms of size and speed. So you're saying that they, they could wait for it to come to them at 28. They wouldn't have to press it. So Matt yeah. uh, Matt, he, Matt wants to ask a question or say something. Matt, go ahead. Yeah. It was, yeah, I was more of trying to allude to when you were talking about, you know, who was the worst Saints pick <laughs> under Sean Payne, you know, between Baptiste and Anthony. And I will always kind of stand with Anthony just because, like it was, it wasn't like with Baptiste or some of the other picks where he, he was more the best player available. Anthony was the first linebacker taken That's in that true. draft before Kendrick, before McKinney, before Perryman. And I go back and look at all the uh, lists and rankings, and they had Anthony as high as the fourth best linebacker and as low as like the eighth or like seventh best linebacker. And I always wondered what would have. Our, like at least a 2016 defense would have looked like with either Kendricks or McKinney manning the middle. Would we still have gone after Laurinaitis using a walker? Would Craig Robertson have to play <laughs> 95% of the snaps in 2016? Ugh, that's right. It just begs, it just, it, it just flounders me that they say, you know what? This guy from Clemson is better than that guy from UCLA or mississippi state we got to get this guy for that, some reason the only the uh, matt the the only linebacker evaluation in saints draft history was that's worse is 1974 where the saints needed a linebacker they scouted ohio state ohio state had two linebackers rick middleton randy gratisher the saints looked at both of them and said we're taking rick middleton at 13 denver took gratisher at 14 gratisher's in the denver ring of honor was the leader of their Orange Crush defense that got him to two Super Bowls. Middleton was out of the NFL within three years. So the Saints, not only is it did they look at linebacker and misevaluate him like different on different teams, like with Anthony, they looked at the film from the same fucking team, the same guys 
two guys play the same position and they got it completely wrong. But Anthony's pretty bad, Andrew. I mean, I remember that draft. Like, people, like Saints Twitter was like, what are you doing? Like, he's not even the best linebacker. Like, what? You know, like. It, he was big and he was fast. Yeah. You know, it, it was like the, it was the Hazlitt evaluation. It's, you know, it <laughs> went back to like Cedric Hodge and Courtney Watson, like C. big, James Allen. See, Grant. All those guys were big yep. and they were fast. And so yeah. Hazlitt was like, I can make that work. And, yeah. and guess what? Like, how, how much have we learned over the years that like big and fast at linebacker does not mean good player? Yeah, I even went with that little Hazlitt scenario back in 2015 looking at these linebackers. And I even said, go get McKinney because he <laughs> would better fit this defense. And I know he recently got traded to Miami, but he's still been a relatively good linebacker covering a run and even even a pass. So I, I'm, I think it's because Mickey Loomis went to that Clemson Pro Day and just slammed his hands on the table saying, this is a guy I want. Fuck those other guys. <laughs> it concern it concerns me, Andrew, because I know you love uh, what is it, Kamoa from Notre Dame? Osu Kamora, yeah, Kamora. It concerns me because I look at Bon and I say nothing has changed with the Saints in how they evaluate linebackers. They still do not know what they are doing. So it scares me. It scares me to death. Of them picking a linebacker, and I, and I know, you know, the, the really yeah, smart- but we, you can't you can't attach Stephon Anthony and and some of these other picks like no, I, the, the, the Hazlitt is- stuff. The Hazlitt stuff was a different era, man. You know, and Jeff Ireland is head of the college department now, and he's the guy that's running that stuff. So I, I just think it, it's it's different. You can't you can't like look at history and say. That's the reason why they're going to pick a bad linebacker. But Bond makes me scared. Bond makes me nervous. Yeah, he so- should. Your outdoor experiences could be better. Clearly better. Canon's sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japanese optics, Canon's lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses and are nearly impossible to scratch. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Canon's sunglasses elevate your experiences outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Use the exclusive code KANONCAST15 at KANON.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K A E N O N C A S T 15. KANON. Clearly better. Hi, this is Ralph Marlboro from the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It's that time of year again. All eyes are on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online has all the betting action. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, Bet Online has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, Bet Online has it all. Every sport, Every game, every matchup. Bet Online has you covered for all the odds and real time updates and is the place for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head over to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with Bet Online. Here's the thing with Bonds. I actually looked at his tape and you see him run sideline to sideline. You see his, his body type and you're, you're like, I can see it. He's a terrific athlete. Like he, his tape when he's a pass rusher is awesome. So like, I understand that the saints fell in love with his attributes, but there was never any question that the dude was a defensive end and he got up the field and he rarely dropped back in coverage. And it's like, he's learning a new position. Who knows how the hell that's going to go. Yeah, you know, I, like the, I, the Saints I, are banking on him being a, a smart player that loves football and is eager to learn like that. That's all great. But like you're asking him to do stuff that you're envisioning because I'm not seeing it on tape that he was I, not playing that position in college. Like, I, so when, when you talk about a guy like Wosu Kormora, like he, you, all you have to do is turn on Notre Dame and you'll see you'll see it immediately. He's covering running backs. He's covering tight ends like he is a beast. He like you watch what he's doing and you're like, yep, that's what I saw Quan Alexander do for the Saints last year. I want that guy. I just it always worries me. It's one thing where like if you draft a tight end and you're like, 
he doesn't, he never blocked in college. We could teach him to block and he can still do all that other cool stuff he does in college, like Troutman. That's fine. But it always scares the shit out of me when a team drafts a dude and they're like, you know, all that cool, awesome stuff you did in college, we don't want you to do any of that. We want you to do all this new stuff. I, I just, and it can work sometimes. It just, it, it, it scares me. I'll say this about that Notre Dame linebacker. I have not seen hardly any mock drafts where that dude gets past 15. Yeah. You know, uh, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I was saying apparently Washington really likes the kid too. And they're, I think they pick like 19 or something. And I think they're going to take him if he falls that far. Uh, you know, I think with Washington, though, I could see Washington if a quarterback falls that they are like, we're moving up and we're going to get a quarterback because they have, they have Fitzpatrick, but he's no long-term fix. So, I mean, you just have to see – you just see half. Yeah, to like see. if Justin Fields were to drop a little bit. Yeah, you know, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know how much they're dying to get another Ohio State quarterback. Ohio State in quarterback. The it's yeah. Dan Snyder. He's going. He's going to say it's Ohio State product. Go get him. <laughs> it's Dan I, Snyder. That's all he just need to say. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Uh, you know, yeah. um, if anybody has any other questions, but this this draft, like. I, I want to hear how the top golf is going, uh, Dave. Have you made yeah. any? Have you made any hole in ones? Yeah, we need to know about top golf. We need to know about is Kevin is Kevin taking a swing and hitting a golf ball, then texting his doctor, his doctor girlfriend. How, right. Yeah, how are you, Dave? Are, are you uh, a wingman? Is it like a different zip code situation for Kevin, or is he being faithful to his? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Kevin is being. Kevin's never. They're at do the loft. Than a duck. Matt says. Yeah, they're never going to do better. Kevin's never doing better than a doctor. He needs yeah. to. He needs to. He needs. He needs to cling to her stethoscope with everything he's got. Um, Facts. <laughs> this draft, Andrew. I'm gonna. I'm gonna vomit if. Atlanta trades out a four and gets like a a, a truckload of picks. Like I, I was I was going to ask you because he, here's as I look at at this draft, like I I believe Trevor Lawrence is going to be an awesome player. I, I I mean you know we'll see how Jacksonville goes, but like I I, I believe in him as a prospect and I I think he's he's going to be a good quarterback. Afterwards though, like. I think Trey Lance could be good. I, I'm. I think Zach Wilson could be good. Like he certainly has the arm talent and all that. But like to me, I look at those guys and I'm like, are are they definitely better than Carson Wentz or Jared Goff as prospects? Like they could yeah. be really good. Like they could also like just be okay. And I, I don't see them as like surefire can't miss guys. I have even bigger questions about Mac Jones and Justin Fields. So like. I just look at these quarterbacks that are all going to go in the top 10, and I'm just looking at the prospects, and I see Kyle Pitts as number two behind Trevor Lawrence. Like, if you want to draft a surefire guy where it's like, we're going to pick this dude, and he's going to be a freaking terror in the league, and he's going to be awesome, I would say that Pitts, after Lawrence, is the second most likely to make it in the league. And I just think I'm seeing a lot of mocks that have the Falcons taking him at number four. And if they don't take a quarterback and they don't trade down, they take pits. All of a sudden, I'm just thinking like Quan Alexander's not on the Saints anymore. Like who the hell are we going to cover that? Yeah. And then you have, I mean, they still have offensive line issues. And even though they've invested, they invested heavy in offensive line before they fired the coach and the general manager, like all those offensive linemen they drafted, they're all terrible. But you got Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Ridley, Pitts. I mean, that is they, – they, they signed that running back from Carolina who was a sneaky good signing at running back. Like that offense could be go. awful. Yeah, and that's why like I would much rather Atlanta take a quarterback because the thing is, again, like, I, I just laid out all the things. They're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. All those other – they're not going to get Zach Wilson either. All those other guys, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, like – I don't know that they're going to be any better than that, Ryan. In fact, I think Atlanta would be thrilled if they were that good. 
You know, yeah, like they, they may they may be worse than than Matt Ryan, and so yeah. I, I just I look at those guys and like to me that's way more of a crapshoot and way less scary than Atlanta taking Cowboys. I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to understand why the NFL media, maybe it's ESPN, it's all it's all narrative driven. It's hard for me to understand why they have decided to put Fields under the microscope and analyze every single thing about him. But Trey Lance, people don't say shit about him. Bomani Jones made the joke today that maybe they don't say negative things about Trey Lance because the media hasn't figured out that he's black. They think he might be white, so they're, they're easier on him, which maybe. But, like, Trey Lance, to me, he, hasn't pl- he played one game last year against, like, a Division three team, and he was bad. And... Like, I just look at him, Andrew, and I hope Atlanta takes him because, to me, he is a com- he is a complete unknown. Also, too, Zach Wilson, he's a, one- he's a one-hit wonder, and one-hit wonders at quarterback rarely work out. Joe Burrow is kind of the exception. And the thing is, like, Zach Wilson was playing garbage teams, at least when Joe Burrow was awesome for a year at LSU. He was playing the best teams in America. So, like, if Atlanta takes Lance, I'll be very happy because, one, they won't improve their team for 2021, you know, because Matt Ryan will still be playing. Maybe they play Lance in, like, packages and stuff. But I would – that is my ideal scenario because they won't improve the team in 2021, and I'm not sure Lance is then going to be any long-term answer at quarterback. If they take Pitts, I will be sad. I'm with you, man. Yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the Falcons do. Like you said, trading down is also an option for them, and they could accrue a lot of picks, but at least then they're not getting pits. <laughs> I mean, who? the thing is, though, like, I wonder if Carolina, like if – well, there's no, there's no way – that's the thing, though. If, like, if, if Atlanta takes – who picks fifth? If Atlanta takes um, if Atlanta takes Lance, um, who picks fifth? Because my Miami picks six, so I want no Cincinnati. They're going to take offensive linemen because they're going to check Joe Burrow. I wonder if Miami would they take Pitts or would they take like Jamar Chase? I you think that take- could. I think that could go either way. Um, I think that could go either way. But yeah, I mean. It's crazy to think about how one through three, I think we feel settled that that's going to be yeah. quarterbacks. You know, one, one yeah. two, and three, it's it's going to be quarterbacks. And so really the big question at four is, do the Falcons go quarterback also? Um, you know, the, the options for them would be to go tackle, uh, obviously, or they could go Kyle Pitts. Um, if they trade down, whoever's trading up would almost certainly be trading up for a quarterback. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting because if if quarterbacks go one, two, three, four, then you start to ask yourself, eight and nine, Carolina and Denver, that starts to make a lot of sense for the fifth quarterback to go in the top eight or top nine picks. So I, I do think five quarterbacks in the top eight or nine is is totally in play. And then by the time you get to the Patriots at 15, you're probably – Getting another one there, maybe. If if you look at this draft, when it start when it when when we get to the middle, like past ten, and and we see this because you know there's going to be a couple teams that are like the Raiders where they pick the absolute role. Clemson won the national title and they had like four defensive linemen that were all great. The the Raiders picked the absolute fucking wrong one and everybody was like, what? And like the Giants picked Daniel Jones. As we get from like 10 to 20 and, and we're Saints, what sort of what the fuck pick do we want to have happen? Like if, if, if I said to you, two teams between 10 and 25 are going to do crazy shit that people are going to laugh at and not understand, what positions do you want, assuming all five quarterbacks are already gone? Well, we've talked about pass rusher. I just think those guys are going to get overdrafted. This draft does not have like a Bosa or uh, I'm trying to think of like a pass rusher that was taken high that ended up being awesome, Uh, like a Khalil Mack. Like there is no guy like there is no edge rusher Mm -hmm. like that in in this class. So 
when you look at kind of the draft prospects, it's a lot of really impressive prospects, like physically. Um, but a lot of them like didn't do that much in school, like in terms of production, amazing ceiling, no floor kind of, uh, right. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that or there's like injury history or he opted out this past year. Like there's just all sorts of weird stuff. I mean, if you look at like Jason Oway out of Penn state or Gregory Russo who opted out out of Miami, it's like those guys I think are going to get overdrafted and Ojolari out of, out of Georgia who, some people think is the best pass rusher in the in the draft, but he he's kind of kind of got like a Barkevius Mingo body, you know. So it's it's a lot of guys where yeah they have potential and they look exciting, but like are they actually going to be good, you know? And I, I just think you're going to see a run where a lot of these guys are going to get picked, and you got guys like Jalen Phillips, Quiddy Pay, um, you know, who are very good as well. But I don't know, man. Like I. I would stay away from these guys because could he pay? Like if he's there at 28 and maybe I take him, but like, I, I just think a lot of these guys are, are not going to be as good as advertised. I, I just think I, I would be thrilled getting any of those guys. I just mentioned in the second round where it's like a little bit more of a flyer. You're you, mm-hmm. nothing's promised, but at least you're getting a lot of talent to do work th- with. But in the first round, eh, like you need do your you first think, round pick to work out. Do you think there'll be a run on that? Because that would, that would excite you, right? Because if you, if you get a run on those between 10 and 20, then all those corners start to push down. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe right. the linebacker from Notre Dame. I wonder. I, I think the worst case scenario, I think I've said this on, on, on here already, but I think the worst case scenario for the Saints is that you look at the tackles that are kind of slotted between 13 and 23 and they're not getting taken. I'm talking about Christian Derrissaw out of Virginia Tech. I'm talking about Rayshon Slater out of Northwestern, Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC, Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Like those guys, I could see Davis White out of or Wyatt mm-hmm. Davis out of, of Ohio State. Like I could see those Samuel Cosmes, another one out of Texas. Like I could see those guys not getting taken. And then all of a sudden, the Saints are looking at their board. They're picking at 28. And they're like, holy shit, the three best players available are tackles. Like, that would be the worst case scenario. Would Kevin Street? Because then, then he. Or trade out. Like, if, 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 let, let's play that scenario. <laughs> this is my question for you. And somebody, if you, if you want to chime in, hit us up before we get out of here. This is my question to you, Andrew. If the three best players on the Saints board at 28, are all offensive tackles and they don't trade down. Does that mean we can officially say Mickey Terrace, will... Terrace Marshall, come on down. Do you think that they would never trade down though? Like if, if the top three offensive, the top three guys on the board are offensive tackles at 28 and they don't trade down. Does that mean we can s- say with conviction, Mickey Loomis will never trade down ever. I, I just think, Mickey Loomis is never going to trade down unless he is offered a deal that's so ridiculous he can't say no. I I think Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis live in this world of illusion where they believe that they know better than everyone else who the best player is at that draft spot. And so they're going to talk themselves into getting excited about that guy and take him, whether they're right or wrong, unless someone else – offers so much that they can't say no. And here's the thing. The more they get offered, the more Sean Payton is going to say, wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> we Why are we getting offered this much? Who, who should we be dry? Who, who is this team about to take that's so special that they're about to you know, give away the farm to get this guy? We got to draft that guy. So what you're saying is if the Saints are on the clock at 28 and another team slides in, we need to have the meme of the guy behind the tree licking his lips because – it means the Saints are about to get a ridiculous trade haul to trade out. So. That's what you're I telling me. So. Kev- Kevin, <laughs> is Kevin, Dave, or either of them even? They're, they're probably honestly. drunk. Probably drunk, hitting, hitting, uh, playing fake golf. Okay. But, uh, but guys, who, 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 else, who else we got? Justin, Angel, Lori, Andrew, you guys yeah. want to chime in any, real quick? Before? You want to chime him in before we get out of here? Anybody? Anybody want to chime in? 
So thanks again for joining us. We, we love doing this on Locker Room. Thanks for downloading the app, joining the chat. It, support, it helps us. It supports Locker Room, who's a great sponsor. Um, guys, we appreciate you. And we're going to ramp up the draft coverage. Like, me and Andrew have been talking about plans. Like, uh, Andrew, I'm super excited now for this draft because I, I just look at the Saints is they have most of their picks. They... They have five third-round picks the next two years, I think, because they have two this year. They have their mm-hmm. own next year. They have the Fontenot pick next year, and they're going to get one for Trey Hendrickson. That's five in two years. That means that they can do they can do what they want and get the players they want and move around. And not, I think they could move around potentially – more than once. Like I could see them saying, Hey, we want to go from 28 to 21 and get, and get Newsom, the corner from Northwestern. Hey, we want to go from 98 to 80 and get another dude. And you burn another one. And the thing is you burn two of them. You still have three third round picks over the next two years left. So I think this, this year, the saints can do lots of wheeling dealing. And that doesn't even include the, the second round pick, for next year that we know is whole, that we know is chambered that we know Mickey Loomis won't hesitate to burn so I yeah. think that I think this draft- I think uh, yeah I, I agree with what you're saying Ralph the only caveat that I would make to that is that I do think this year is different in the sense that last year they didn't have any spots on that roster you know so they they drafted at a limited number of guys because I I just think they were like look we we don't have spots for rookies to make this team and then this year this year that's really different i I do think they will draft more players because look we've been through this like more more they have a punter for morstead but like for the other guys like sanders is gone malcolm brown is gone Mm -hmm. uh hendrickson is gone sheldon rankins is gone like they've lost a bunch of guys and they they need to replace them and so there's going to be times where their backup is going to be a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick. They're going to have to trust some of these rookies, and uh, they're going to have to roll with them maybe more than they, they've been comfortable with in the past. So uh, I do think because of the depth issues and because of the cap issues, there are more spots to be had on this team that are maybe up for grabs where they don't have a veteran that's kind of solidified and entrenched as a backup. I I want to believe that, but I just see the Saints, dude. They're going to be like, we we got to get this corner, we got to get this interior line. We yeah, it's, get it's this still going to be that. I just don't it. think it'll be on steroids like it was last year. No, I, I think I, I, I put it this way: they have five third round picks the next two years. I will be absolutely stunned if they draft a player with all five. That's all I'm saying. I I would be stunned if they drafted even three. They're going to burn at least two of those third-round picks, making moves to go up either this year or next year. I just can't can't see them using all those picks. It's just not their their nature. Uh, So, so guys, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. We do this every Wednesday around 9 o'clock-ish. Well, so thanks for joining us, guys. It's been a great turnout, and uh, we'll see you next time. This was fun, guys. Thanks.